this podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. We've been talking about the cost it is to serve God. There's a cost. And when you begin to look at these things, no one in life is exempt from troubles. The Bible is even clear that Jesus said, in this life or in this world, you're going to have troubles. Things are going to happen, and we all probably realize that. Now, when we talk about that, that none of us are exempt from troubles, I think about this right now in our society. I don't know how I would make it through life, the troubles, the issues, without Jesus. Now, there's a lot of people in our society that are trying And I believe some of the results of this are the the bizarre things we're seeing happen in our nation. Even what happened in D.C. the other day. That man was a man that did not know Jesus, guys. He was Buddhist, and guess what ultimately happened? Man, he couldn't take it no more. And so right here, we got to learn from these things that we got to look at Jesus. And, And many times, as human beings, when we face difficulties... We all have the thought of throwing in the towel. I love the song they just sang. Man, I'm not turning back. I've decided to follow Jesus. Now, here's a thought for every one of us. I've got to get to the point in my life where turning back is not an option. That's not an option at all. No matter how tough it is, no matter how difficult it gets. And see, every one of us are going to be tempted to throw in the towels. When you look at Hebrews chapter 11... That's what we call the Faith Hall of Fame. Those men and women that are in the Faith Hall of Fame, guys, they didn't get there by quitting. They ran through tough times, difficulties. And when we talk about the Word last week, remember we got into Genesis 6 with Noah, and in Noah's times, things were difficult, but they were also extreme darkness, remember? There was darkness around him. But you know what Noah's thought was? I've decided to follow the Lord. And I'm not turning back. Even in difficulties. Even with darkness. Now, go with me to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16. I heard this poem the other day, and it said this. You don't become a great sailor by sailing calm seas. Think about that. So the more important something is the higher it's going to cost. And when we talk about things even in the kingdom of God, I can't turn back because of safety reasons. I can't turn back because, well, it's not convenient. I can't turn back because, well, it's just not the entertainment. I can't turn back because of of popularity. I just got to keep going with Jesus. Now, this passage here has been one of our main texts, Matthew 16. Read with me. Let's begin in uh, verse number 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me. If anyone desires. Now, you don't have to go after him. But in order to really go after him, it's got to be a desire of mine. You know what the desire means? Man, it becomes a passion. I, I become so caught up that, man, i, I got to follow I desire to follow him. He says, he desires to come after me. Let him deny himself. 
The easiest way I can tell you that is, I'm no longer first. Jesus is. And he says this, and take up his cross. Now when you think about taking up the cross, guys, that's not a real pleasant sight at times, okay? When you think about when Jesus took up his cross, there was a tremendous sacrifice. And there was persecution. And there was just blank, a, a total blank hell on him. I mean, just hell on Jesus. What happened to him? And so he tells us, you're going to have to take up his cross and follow me. And so he tells us here, guys, i got to deny myself, take up his cross and follow him. And Jesus is going to be the one that leads us. Verse 25. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for Jesus' sake will find it. So you know what he's saying? I'm going to have to lose life the way I know it. And to find it, I'm going to have to die to myself. Am I willing to lose my life the way that I know it? To, to go ahead and surrender to what Jesus is and to go ahead and follow Him day by day. Day by day. See, this stuff of following Jesus, guys, is just not a Sunday thing. Verse 27. Or 26. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what man will a man give in exchange for his soul? And when you look at that, guys, you know, you're here 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years. But that's not a comparison at all to eternity. And really it's what he's telling me, so what if you gain the whole world? So what if you become the head rat? You know, we're in a rat race. And if you win the rat race, all you are is the head rat. So what? And so he's given me an, an illustration here, a thought that i got to live more for just than this moment. There's more to life than just right now. So when we begin to look at this, guys, every one of us, guys, are, are tried to be distracted by, by the enemy, the devil. And he, he tries to take us from our purposes here on life. And his, his ultimate goal is he knows if I can just lead them into a place of discouragement, if I can just get them where they start feeling, I've got to fight my own battles. Instead of looking to the Lord. Now when you look at this, guys, in every one of us' life, we're going to face difficulties. That's a given, okay? We're going to face them. So the big issue is when difficulties come, how do I handle them? Because distractions try to come after every one of us. And remember, guys, those distractions, they're to try to knock you and me off, of course. They don't want us to stay focused on the kingdom of God. Now, I begin to think about this right here, about how the devil will try to use anything to get you off track, off of course. And you think about these, these racehorses that are in the Kentucky Derby. They put those things on them called blinders. And those blinders, guys are there to make them look to the goal, the finish line, to keep them focused on the things of God. So what the devil tries to do, he tries to get us off track, and he tries to get us where Romans 12, 2 says, 
to, to look to Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith. So he's going to do anything he can to get you and me distracted, to get us off from our purpose. And so when you look at like the Israelites, guys, on their journey from Egypt to the promised land, think about this. It was one distraction after another. They would get a little victory, then distracted. A little victory, then distracted, 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 distracted. And ultimately, guys, those distractions kept them from going into the promised land. Now, one of the reasons I highlight this about the Israelites, those were God's chosen people. But just because they were God's chosen people, number one, they weren't exempt from trouble. Number two, the blessings, the things that God had for their life just didn't happen. So it's a, it's a key, it's a clue for us to say, you know what, I can't let the things in this world distract me. i got to keep looking at the things of God. Now look with me into Psalm 57. I want you to look at Psalm 57. And this, guys, is a, is a great psalm about King David. Psalm 57. And you'll see in this passage right here, the quality of David's life is seen how he handled difficulties. Now listen real close to this. Let this get in the inside of it. This is some good stuff right here. Psalm 57, verse 1. Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me. For my soul trusts in you, and in the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge, listen, until these calamities have passed by, until these difficulties have passed by. Now, this was King David, guys. So it shows me right here, he wasn't exempt from calamities. He wasn't exempt from difficulties. Now, when you read this, he does not blame other people, and he doesn't blame God. He doesn't say, what's up with this, God? I'm the next anointed king of Israel. Why am I facing difficulties? No, listen to some of his keys right there. The very first thing he says is, be merciful to me, O God. And David understood the mercy of God. Be merciful. He said it twice. I believe it's big for it. Welcome the mercy of God in your life every day. Tell Father God, thank you for mercying me today. The second thing is, he says, for my soul trusts in you. My soul does not trust in my bank account. My soul doesn't trust in what Wall Street. My soul trusts in you. Right here in the midst of a calamity. And then he ultimately says, and in the shadow of your wings, I'm going to make my refuge. In other words, Father God, you're my safe haven. And this is important, guys, that we see this. We get a hold of this. God wants to be the same thing to me and you. Verse 2. I will cry out to God, most high, to God who performs all things for me. Now, in that passage right there, it shows me that David didn't take matters into his own hand. In calamities, guys, in difficulties, he looked to God. He said, oh, Father God, I'm trusting you. I'm looking to you. Verse 3, He, Father God, shall send from heaven and save me. He reproaches the one who would swallow me up. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. This was David's trust. This was where David's faith was. 
He was saying, this is what Father God's going to do for me. Verse 4. My soul is among lions. I lie among the sons of men who are set on fire, whose teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongue a sharp sword. And he's referenced here, guys, he's surrounded by people that aren't good. Does it sound kind of like some of your co-workers? Does it sound kind of like some of your neighbors or people that, man, their teeth are like swords? Once again, he's just relating what the things are going on in his life, and he ends with this in verse 5. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. And so once again, right here, guys, he exalts God. I read this, and this is what comes to me about King David here, guys. He didn't have option B. It was like, this is my only option. I'm going to seek God, I'm going to trust God, and I'm going to live for God, and I'm going to call out to God. See, I think too many times as human beings, we try to have an out. And what I mean by an out, when things don't work the way we think they should, then you know what? We come in and we say, well, you know what? I'm going to do this. If you note here, guys, everything he said was toward Father God. He looked to Father God. He kept his eyes on Father God. He said, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to look to you. Now, I'm going to shift gears here a little bit, okay? Go with me to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. And what I mean by shifting gears, guys, it's going to change just a little bit on what I'm talking about. But how I come across all this is when I begin to study the Bible, and I encourage you to do it, when you're reading scriptures and you've got little letters or you've got little numbers in those scriptures, those are called cross-references. If you'll learn to look at those cross-references and see where they're going, it will begin to tell you things about the thought that's in the Bible. So this is what I like to do. I like to go from cross-reference to cross-reference to cross-reference. And this is how a lot of this starts being birthed right here. That I just start following the Bible. Now, this is what happened. This was a cross-reference right here. Luke 17, verse number, oh, 26. Luke 17, 26. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it will also be in the days of the Son of Man. Now, in in this passage, guys, remember last week we read some things about in Noah's times. Remember in Noah's days, there was great wickedness on the earth. Now, if you'll know right there what the Lord says, He says, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. How many of we have heard this thought before? History repeats itself. History repeats itself. Well, a lot of times, and not a lot of times, the majority of times in the Bible, history repeats itself. So he's cluing me and you in, and he's telling us, as it was in the day of Noah. So here here in this passage, guys, believers must live in a constant expectancy of Jesus' return. There's got to be an expectation of Jesus' return. I cannot become where I'm absorbed with the daily routines of the pursuits of life. And many times, guys, we have this thought, 
Life is going to go along this way forever, permanently. Now, that's what I begin to see in the days of Noah. Now, look what it says here. Verse 27. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. So last week we looked at it this way. There was a lot of wickedness in Noah's day. But when I look at it right here, he's saying they ate, they drank, they were given in marriage. They did those. So you know what this tells me? They went along in everyday life with not a real care of what's going on. So they carried on as usual. But when I read this, guys, the thing that stands out to me, there was nothing mentioned about God in their lives. Not one thing. So when I read verse 27 and you see they ate, they drank, they were given in marriage, are these things harmful? No, they're not harmful a bit. Except when they become the center of our life. Except when we put Father God and the things of the kingdom on the back burner of life and we start looking at the Word of God, we start looking at the things of church, and we say, you know what? I can take it or I can live it. You know, it's just not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a thing. I'm going to tell you this right now. When God tells you to honor Him on the Lord's Day, on the Sabbath, He means it. When God says, don't forsake the assembling together there in Hebrews 1, He means it. And part of that, guys, is that I quit uh, uh, just looking at the things of the world. I, I take time to focus on God. I take time to say, thank you, Father God. So this was a warning here, guys. And part of what's going on here, guys, is he doesn't want us to get distracted, to get off the things that he wants us to keep our eyes on. He doesn't get mad about us eating and drinking and what we're going to wear. But think about this right now. If we were to go in each other's house tonight, what would be the, the, the sole topics of conversation in your house? I can give you an idea about almost every one of us. We'd talk about what we're going to eat. Woo, have you had those new things at such and such? What we're going to drink. Oh my gosh, have you had that pumpkin spice from four bucks? It's outstanding. Think about our soul conversation. Do you know what's on? Did you see what's coming to the movie theater? Oh, man, I can't wait. The Cowboys are... Now, is God against that? No, He's not, I don't believe. Except when we become dominated with it. Except when it distracts us from the things of God. Now... Back to verse 26, he said, So it will also be in the days of the Son of Man. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so it's going to be. So when I look back here with what he said, they went on with life as usual, and everything was just a tailgate party. Now, read with me in verse 28. 
Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, and they built. Some of it was very similar to Noah's days. But in Lot's days, guys, they got over where they became consumed with buying and selling and planting and building. Now, a lot of this, guys, is on a thing called speculation. Is God against that with us? No. But He is against us when we become so distracted from it that we begin to look and we, we cannot put down a newspaper without looking at the stock market. I've seen people, guys, that will go on their cell phone all day long and say, I gotta check what silver's doing. I gotta check what oil's, I got. And God's not against me making money. He's not against you making money. But He has warned us and He said, so it was in the days of Noah and so it will be in the days of Lot. Verse 29. But on that day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Now we can go back and look. In Noah's days and in Lot's days, the ultimate result was total destruction. Except to Noah and his family and Lot and his two daughters. And so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. So guess what he's trying to warn me and you about right here? He's saying, listen guys, don't get so caught up in the things of this world. Eating and drinking, buying and selling and planting and building. I do believe this, guys. God knows that these things are necessities for every one of us to, to, to live and to function on this thing called earth. But he also knows this. What happens to people, human beings... They get distracted. You know what happens? History repeats itself. Woo! Now, I, I knew this wouldn't be real popular. I knew, man, you guys don't hoot and holler this, but I'm going to tell you guys right now. Man, I believe I've got to tell you the truth. I've got to tell myself the truth. I've got to look at my own life. And, and I can honestly tell you this right now. I, I still like football. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I don't watch any. But I'm, I'm going to tell you, he's backed me off of it. There's times, guys, I look and I think, and you know, you think about this with football. Ten years from now, whoever wins the Super Bowl this year, who cares? <laughs> who cares? So what? It's just another. And so even in my own life, the Lord begin to deal with me on areas and say, what's priority to you? What's consuming you? Keep reading with me. Verse 30. Even so, it will be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. You know what this tells me? It's going to end the same way, guys. It's going to end the same way. Verse 31. In that day, he was on the rooftop and his goods are in the house. Let him not come down to take them away, and likewise the one who is in the field, let him not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. And right here, the, the fate of Lot's wife, guys, is warning against being tied to worldly possessions. 
What was the thing about the guy on the roof? I got to go back and I got to get my things. The one in the field says, wait, 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 I got to go back. The thing with Lot's wife, if you don't remember this passage at all, the Lord said, whatever you do, do not look back because the moment you look back, you'll become a pillar of salt. Lot is escorting his daughters out. His wife was with him. And Lot's wife, what does she do? And guess what, guys? She became a pillar of salt. Now, I don't say this, guys, to strike fear in you. I say this to tell us the truth, guys. It's going to happen again, and it's going to be very, very similar. When I look at all this, and, and I read this, guys, I, I begin to see, okay, is marrying and given in marriage, is it normal? Yeah. Is it wholesome? Yeah, it's, it's what God tells us to do. Is buying and selling and planting and building, is that legitimate? Yeah, it is. But the power behind those things, guys, are going to try to captivate and capture mankind to cause every one of us to try to be distracted. This is just a warning right here from the Lord. Now look over to, to, to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. That's where you're at. Luke 21. You wouldn't know I spoke for a living, would you? Luke 21. Now, as you're turning to Luke 21... Romans 14, 17 in the New King James Version says, The kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy all in the Holy Spirit. It's interesting that he defines the kingdom of God right there. He said it's not eating and drinking. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Why do you have this at? Well, I found this verse in the Amplified, and it was so good, I thought I've got I to read it to you. Listen to, to, to Romans 14, 17, and 18 in the Amplified. And after all, the kingdom of God is not a matter of getting the food and the drink one's like, but instead it is righteousness, that state which makes a person acceptable to God, and heart peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. He who serves Christ in this way is acceptable and pleasing to God, and is approved by men. Now, he tells me right here, the people that serve God in this way. Righteousness. I've got to be in right standing with God. Peace. Heartfelt peace that only comes from the kingdom of God. All in the Holy Spirit. So he gives me a little bit of an illustration right here about how the kingdom of God should be and how it should look with each in, within, within each one of us. Um... Luke chapter 21, verse number 34. But take heed to yourselves, be on guard, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the cares of this life, and that day come on you unexpectedly. Wow. Wow. You know what I believe the Lord is telling us here? You better not get distracted and be spiritual lethargic. Stay alert. 
because so it will be. Now, when I look at all these things, whether we want to admit it or not, everything that he mentions right there in verse 34, those are all distractions, every one of them, to try to get my eyes off the things of heaven. Crowsing. Dissipating. That's what that means. And he says, be weighed down with carousing. Be weighed down with drunkenness. That's a good one in our society. Here's a warning, guys, right here. And, you know, I have people say, listen, Pastor, I, I, don't, I don't get drunk except a couple times a year. So you're justifying your drunkenness. So just when are those days? Well, I get drunk at every Texas Tech home game because we tailgate. And that's what tailgaters do. And then I get drunk on my birthday because it's my birthday. It's what people do. And then I, I go to the Christmas party, my company Christmas party. I don't mean to, but before long, you know, I, I can't even talk. Now we all look and we kind of think, yeah, 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 yeah. But what would happen if that's the day Jesus shows up? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And you know what? You can look at me and you say, well, you, you're just a fuddy-duddy. You don't know how to have fun. Oh, guys, I had fun for years with that thing called alcohol, and I didn't consider throwing up all the time fun. I tell you guys, I don't have to do that stuff to have fun anymore. But here's the thing, just like they sang, I've decided to follow Jesus. I've decided to follow Him. And that's the same for every one of us, guys. And He says, even the cares of this life, the cares of this life. And I'm telling you guys, we can get so caught up with making a living. Here's the two things that happen with money right now. We, we don't have enough, so we think, how am I going to make ends meet? I've been there. I had more month than money. So guess what we do? The cares of this life cause me to take on two, three, four jobs, and I've lost my blinders, my focus on Jesus in the name, i got to make ends meet, or it flips to this side, this thing called greed. i got to have more, i got to have more. People become so caught up in my, i got to have more, i got to have more. This is the cares of this world. Is God against me making, no. He is concerned when it starts dominating me. Ooh, I better hurry. Verse number 35. For it... That day will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. I don't want it to be a trap for me, but I don't want it to be a trap for you. I'm going to be honest with you guys. It would be a lot, lot easier on my flesh to get up here and just talk about all the blessings of God. You know, God blesses you in the city and He blesses you in the field. And it'd be a lot funner for me to have you guys start saying, Amen, 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 instead of oh me. But you know what? I believe this stuff has got to be preached and it's got to be taught. And so it's big that we hear this stuff. Keep reading. Verse 36. Watch therefore and pray. Always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Now, do you think the Lord would urge us or, or warn us to watch and pray if there wasn't reason why that is? 
You know what he's telling you? I got to be ready. I got to be ready. You know that Jesus says he doesn't even know the, the, the time or the hour. Or the, day. the angels don't even know. Only Father God knows that. Now, he gives us some insight. You can stand up with me. He gives us some insight on scriptures about what the, the last days will look like. He begins to tell us there'll be earthquakes, there'll be famines, there'll be this happen and that happen. I mean, there's all kinds of things he warns us. But in both of the situations, as it was in Noah's days and as it was in Lot's days, society became so wicked and people turned from God. We don't want to hear the things of God. I look in America right now, guys. America's wicked. I mean, all you got to do is pick up the newspaper, and I ain't done advise you to do that that often. But you begin to see how much more and more and more and more America is becoming anti-God. We kicked him out of our public schools. We kicked him out of our federal buildings. We've got ones that are wanting to kick him out of God bless America, our national anthem. It's just crazy what's happening. So history repeats itself. I'm not prophesying that Jesus is coming tomorrow. But what if he does? No man knows. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.